This is Getting Past the Subtitles. I am Sean Peel. This is DK Lee. And we are watching and discussing Asian war films. Still on this train. Uh, today we are talking about, we're on a third movie. Uh, we've moved away from the land of Korea. We're both like, I just realized we both picked like two movies that are like <laughs> of our origins. Yeah. <laughs> We picked two Asian or two Korean films, and I picked two uh, Japanese films. Mm. Apparently, so goodbye Korea and hello Japan. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So last week we talked about Teguki, which is a pretty solid movie. Definitely go check that one out. And this week we we're talking about Admiral Yamamoto. Yes. Which I think last week I said Admiral Yamato. So you did. I did. Yeah. yeah. That's why I searched I, I it met, up. I missed Yamato and some <laughs> other <laughs> weird like anime thinking. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Not to be confused with Spaceship Yamato. Yeah. But based on like, no, well, like different, whole different thing. Mm. Uh, yeah. So Admiral Yamamoto. Um, first impressions, like, what did you think? How did my, how did my pick come to your bar, sir? Um... It was, I think it was it was an interesting film to watch. It's definitely very different from the ones we've watched so far. Yeah. Um, in terms of its uh, general, uh, I guess, the way that it portrays war, I think, is, mm. is very different. Especially because it's also a uh, naval warfare. And yeah. a lot of that um, is portrayed differently than, like, on the ground war right right and so in that sense i think it was a little bit different this is also more um in line with uh a general and the perspective mm. of an admiral and what he is going through so mm-hmm. it's more a little bit more in in line with like a biography in a certain sense right right so that's another thing but overall i think it was pretty fun to watch mm. um it's it's a little bit different it's not like like war you don't just see it like, yeah, like soldiers yeah, yeah. like just fighting everywhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's yeah. more about the political and right. Um, right. the different kind of tensions that um come from different right. political factions and what they want and how they're trying to more closed doors. Yeah. How they're trying to utilize this war for their own benefit or mm. for the country or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, this is um like I picked this movie because like it, it always like I've always seen it like around when I'm looking. Yeah. Um, but I actually really like this movie a lot more than I thought I would. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, like my impression initially was like, ah, this is gonna be like a boring like biopicy kind of film, you know? Yeah. But it was actually really interesting. Um, and personally too, like I really like kind of like the World War II subject. Yeah. I really did spend a lot of time kind of like in my own research and with you know Japan and kind of like their their whole history with World War Two. Um, so I personally, I find a lot of interesting and this movie was, um, was actually, I thought it did a really great job in sort of like portraying the history and also specifically like their perception of like their own history and kind of like Japan looking at themselves objectively or trying to, or trying to anyway, through like, through like facts. Like it Mm -hmm. was really interesting to me just to kind of see like the whole narrow, like just the whole perspective of this movie and like knowing Japan and their own history, especially during World War II. And then making sort of a this biopic about you know the leader that essentially um, was in charge of uh, Pearl Harbor, who was yeah. in charge of that whole attack. Um, Especially since, like you know, whenever there's a war, usually the winner 
gets right. to write the history, right? Yeah. And so in this case, it's Japan who kind of lost the war. Right. But then they're actually, you know, going back on it and recollecting mm. kind of what they felt like was the main yeah. cause or or the problems mm. that occurred during <laughs> this uh, time of of war. Yeah, and it's like, and it's with an honesty, you know. I mean, you like you think Japan kind of has a lot of sort of shame for what has happened and mm. what they're responsible for, yeah. especially during this time. But it is a very honest look on uh, Yamamoto's life and like his, um, you know, his point of views and his perceptions about the war himself and his opinions, yeah. um, as well as like countering with like what japan as a whole and what like the other generals and other ministries of defense were thinking yeah and sort of like the media and the public eye and you know like it's there's a big rift between like yamamoto and like basically the rest of japan right. you know and i think like isn't like the movie itself isn't like propaganda you to like lean on like more of a favor of like japan as maybe playing like a victim card or anything uh, like that you know it's like this is what happened this is the guy's life yeah and kind of looking at it in a more honest sense so We'll talk more. We, yeah, <laughs> I feel yeah, like we always get ahead of ourselves. Well, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> always want to get to the good part. Always want to just like go deep like right in there. Um, but a little about the movie. So released in 2011, which I thought it actually was a little older, but it's not super old. It's not 08? I thought it was, no, yeah. No. I thought it was like before 2010 or something. But 011, uh, directed by Narushima Izuru. Um, and... The movie is a biopic based off the real life uh, commander in chief Yamamoto, um, and it's a good one. So this movie, I guess I'll talk about it since it's my movie. I can, yeah. I'll, I'll just dive in. <laughs> uh, basically, it's like I said, it's about Yamamoto's life um, taking place between like nineteen, like early nineteen thirties, all the way up until his death in like forty three, I believe. Um, and so essentially. Yamamoto is a, he works in the naval, the Ministry of Navy, of, uh, of the Navy. Um, and we kind of start off with, so kind of like some backtrack stories, essentially. Um, by this time, Germany has risen as a power. Um, they're starting to, they basically had just started World War II. They're invading um, France. And so they come up with the tri tripartite pact um and essentially japan by this time um is they have already invaded manchuria so they're like manchuria and korea um they went to war with china by this time they're basically like as i said like bogged down um they're basically losing that battle um also to be said that uh years before this they actually went to you know, the Russo-Japanese War. So Russia is, like, their enemy, essentially, like, their rival. Um, so by by this time, when Ger Germany is coming up to be the superpower that they were, they want to ally with Russia. Japan is... Yeah, with Germany. I mean, yeah, with Germany. And Japan's, like, wants to be a part of Germany, but they're, like, kind of on the fence with Russia. But essentially, they want to be in a superpower pact with uh, Germany by this time. So the movie specifically follows with Yamamoto, and the Navy is um, keen on not joining the tripartite pact because of uh, essentially like 
Yamamoto's influence and he disagrees with wanting to join with them. And so he's like the cabinet of like the Navy. He's like, not like the leader, but he's part of the cabinet, but because of his influence, a lot of people, he has like a lot of high respect within there. Um, so because of the Navy's opposition with joining, they initially don't join the Tripart Pact up until like Germany actually starts invading and then um, Germany and Russia actually join together in like um, anti um, something like basically like a like a peace treaty kind of thing, like anti-violence act. So that's when uh, Japan essentially gains. Well, that's when they basically decide to join up with Germany. Um, actually, no, I'm getting ahead of myself. Initially, they well, they had the non-aggression non-aggression pact. pact. And but then, then they went back on but it. But then Germany went back on yeah, it. Yeah, and they attacked Russia. And so that's when Japan decided to join forces with Germany because they're like, hey, if we can kick out Russia, which is our biggest enemy, then like what's stopping us after that, you know? Um, and so the I think by that time, Prime Minister Tojo comes into power as a prime minister. But before that, like the, I think uh, the Kido uh, cabinet, I think, Kedo was the prime minister. Basically, once his cabinet left, um, then the Ministry of Navy didn't really have the power to, like, be in opposition right. against the I think, rest of I Japan. I think um, the uh, the prime minister was picked from the Ministry of, Ar- of, of the, the Army, Army, yeah, which is why they gained power mm-hmm. to be able to kind of push their agenda, right? And so the the Ministry of the Army. Especially, like basically, the Ministry of the Army and the Navy are on opposite sides. The Army wants to join with with Germany um, to gain that alliance and power, rather than the, the Navy. So once Tojo comes in power, he's backed by the Army, which basically just kicks the Navy to the curb. Um, so we kind of follow Yamamoto and his opposition in his life during that. And once essentially Tojo comes into power, he basically leaves the Ministry of the Navy for a period and um, is made into a uh, fleet commander. Um, this is because as well, like in times that he's getting like death threats and like, and it's like, he's feared that he's going to be assassinated as well. Yeah. So he goes out to sea and like commands the, uh, I think the Nagano. And so there, he basically makes a lot of like, uh, naval aviation advances there and kind of like works within like the time that they can like scramble and such and so forth. Um, and then pretty much after that, is when does something happens before Pearl Harbor decides? I'm missing a point somewhere. So much history. <laughs> what do you mean? Which which part? Um. So after he he so he's like part of the navy and commands a ship and then he gets promoted again to the fleet admiral. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that's when he they give him the plans to attack Pearl Harbor. Yeah. So once they're officially part of the the uh, the, ally- the alliance with the Axis powers, um, and so like basically like Yamamoto kind of like his fate is like aside from like his personal views, even though he doesn't essentially like Yamamoto doesn't want to go to war with America because he straight up knows that they're gonna lose, um, and it's not smart. So like his pursuit is to like sue for peace with America, um, and to just do anything that in his power that he can. Um, so after, so once basically Japan decides to go to war with America, they leave Yamamoto's fleet in charge of a surprise attack on Pearl Harbor. 
Um, so once that plan develops, uh, he goes out to do it. Like very spe- like his plan was initially like, we're not even going to do the attack until like we know that this message is sent out and before we do the attack. Um, but then that just never happens. So they do the attack, and then they don't find out till like when Roosevelt does the uh, the speech on the radio that he's like, oh, then we got a declaration like an hour later, and he's like, what? <laughs> um. So yeah, so I think the so after that they kind of retreat and then they're gonna do that's the the attack on Midway the battle of Midway happens which turns out to be a um, a big loss for Japan. Um, they lose um, three ships like the Akagi the carriers the carriers thing like the Nagano and the Akagi are lost. The Akari, Akari uh, is, is it, it Akari or Akagi? I think it was Akagi. Okay. Yeah. I could be wrong. And then the he, the hero, he, he. One more, yeah. Something. Hori, maybe. He, I don't know. Hiryu or something. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I don't remember the third ship actually. The one with um Yamamoto's like, his. Yeah, like the general that he cared for. Yeah, so, like, Admiral, like, or maybe it's Vice Admiral. So Yamaguchi was on the ship, and he goes down with the ship. Yeah. Um, and then I think I think Nagamu dies in that one as well. And that's a whole other story. It's like Nagamo is um he's not like an ally of um Yamoto, you can say. Basically, so there are like two sides to the navy. There's like the fleet um I think like they're called the fleet cabinet and then the treaty cabinet. Um and basically like the fleet cabinet is more on the sides of um kind of like an aggression uh point of view. And kind of like building up the fleet for like attack, and like the treaty side is more within like Yamamoto's view of like more of a diplomatic stance. Nagamo more comes from a uh, fleet uh, background, so like they kind of like are diverse within it. But Nagamo and Yamamoto are like have to work together because they're in charge of like the fleet yeah. on this mission for Pearl Harbor. Um, but yeah, so at the attack of Midway, which I think Nagamo actually leads in there um he's kind of like quote-unquote responsible for the lost or like has to take responsibility um as well as like yamaguchi and i thought one more other person dies but maybe not someone important but that's also when arima dies too the pilot yeah 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 he like kamikazes into the ship yeah (laughs) um so that's like a huge loss and so after that their next mission is moving in uh, more southern nor- near Australia, but into the island of. I wrote it down because I always. I it's a weird name. I wrote it somewhere. So that's what a G. You know what I'm talking about? Guadalcanal. Guadalcanal? Is it? Guadalcanal. That area? Yeah. They moved to that area. Which is basically like right above uh, Australia, like a small island. And so they get tasked over there and then. They are basically, like, running out of, like, oil and supplies. Um, So their next mission is to essentially retreat Navy-wise. But he kind of, like, does the Army a favor, and they port into the island to um, pick up as many troops as they can for their retreat, um, which ends up being successful. But then that's when um, Makino and the other kid, I think, that, like, pretty much everybody on on the plane never comes back. Yeah. Um, and 
so after that, Yamamoto is like basically wants to do like a, an inspection of the front lines, a sort of like a boost morale for the soldiers. Um, but then it turns out that so like communications were um, intercepted. Yeah, they try to like Morse code his uh, plans and travel, and it gets Morse code and it gets intercepted and it gets shot down on the ship. And it's like the most heroic, like goodbye death like <laughs> I've ever seen. It's like him standing there, like straight faced, like sitting, lo- sitting, sitting, <laughs> looking death in the eye. Yeah. Um, in the airplane. Yeah, and then it just ends with um. So basically, like the whole, like the complete aftermath of the war. Once like Tokyo gets firebombed, and yeah. you can assume that the atomic bombs that happen and stuff. Right. Um. So that, and then kind of like another piece to the story is the editorial. So like Shindo, so I kind of, so like there's um editorial team for like, like basically the times for Japan, essentially. Yeah. Um, and there's this kid named uh, Shindo, who's kind of like the assistant editor to like the main editor, who's the main editor um, is like super like nationalistic, basically. He's so aggro yeah (laughs) uh and basically like it's it's not like specifically said but it is like very much pointed at that like the media and like the the newspaper kind of controlling like the view of the people you know with like the news that they spread and like propaganda you can even argue um but she knows kind of like this new kid and is sort of assisting and uh, yamamoto is like relies on him to like tell like the real story essentially and he's like open your eyes and ears and your hearts to what's really happening <laughs> um and so like the movie is kind of basically narrated by him with the sequence of events and sort yeah. of like exposition a lot and it ends with him kind of like i'm gonna tell the real story kind after of after everything's messed up. <laughs> after everything <laughs> happens yeah it's like the future like was not what you wanted you know mm. it like really went down the drain after yeah. he dies basically and so it's like, yeah, the super piece definitely didn't happen. Um, and yeah, that's kind of the the real core story of the movie. Uh, yeah. What was, um? I guess, what kind of interested you in like which scene kind of like really got you the most? Um, for me, I think this film was interesting because um, I think the the newspaper aspect of it Right. And just kind of like the back and forth between um, Naomoto and the editor-in-chief and how that mm. every time they meet. It's like, like a chicken. Right, right. He's trying, like the editor-in-chief is trying to like get him to s- tell him about all these like glorious things that Japan has done and the victories and like right, how right. they're like pushing forward and, and you know, making Japan greater. But then um, Naomoto like never really is caring about that but he's trying to tell them like like mm. what it's actually about and how right. he's trying to maintain peace and he's trying to delegate peace mm. within you know the different you know aspects of of this war and like the constant back and forth there and and with um the assistant what's his name again oh shindo shindo yeah. was shindo just like sitting there on the side like, like <laughs> watching yeah yeah like two people bicker at each other right. it's like Whoa. um i think that was interesting i just i just like how they kind of portrayed the newspaper and hmm. i think it's kind of relevant to even now yeah and just how influential like media can be and how 
how media tends to like twist things in the way that they want. Right. The primal like the model like newspaper and and model like idea of media that we have is that media is there only to report on facts, right? Sure. To show the common people, people who are, don't necessarily have access to all all of the things going on around in the world or in in the country mm. and show them just facts of, of what's happening right but you know obviously that's not the case and like media newspaper all of the, all of them have their own agendas mm. even here like media has their own agendas and and has their own motives right and that they're using that to kind of change public perception instead of like showing them the facts and having the public understand that fact and come up with their own result, mm. right? And I think that's kind of that's kind of interesting to see and how they're kind of showing that through the film. And I think it's good because the film shows like don't just trust whatever the media is telling you, but right. be aware and open your eyes. And you kind of turn into Shindo, right? And like. Right. It's it's kind of on you to make sure that the correct um, story is being told. Yeah, he like Yamamoto really kind of goes to like Shindon is like really asking him to be kind of like a witness to history in yeah. a sense, like with a like more of like a third person like objective point of view rather than sort of like the more nationalist that clearly everyone else around him has. Yeah. Um, and then, you know he clearly says like he's like. The chief editor is like, you know, our job is only to voice the opinion of the people. And he's like, but are you voicing the opinion of the people? Mm. And he kind of like kind of gets them snug there. Yeah, like uh, it, it's more like the double standard that's the problem, right? Because right. he's he says, you know, he's only there to voice the will of the people. But, you know, when he's talking with his editors and when he's in the newspaper, you know, with yeah. his people, he's, kinda like, he's like, no, like our job <laughs> is to... Right. Make sure that, you know, we're guiding the people exactly. into the vision that we want <laughs> Japan to be. Yeah. And that's completely different from, you know, the it's it's a double standard, right? And it's it's that's the problem there. I I feel like if he was more upfront about what he had about um his idea of what the newspaper should be, mm. and if he was more upfront about that, then I don't think it would be as much of a problem because at least we know his intent and motives. But he's right veiling that under the guise of like no this is just objective you know yeah, when, right. when it's not completely opinionated and it's his own <laughs> desires for his country right 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 yeah Mm-mm-mm. yeah and i really like that too how like not only you know he kind of relies on shindo to again like be this witness and kind of like to hope for the future but uh yamoto also definitely preaches a lot about like looking for the future, you know? Yeah. And that sort of like his own agenda is like, re- like all the things that he does is in the intent of the future and kind of like making a better future for like a younger generation. Right. And so that's like why he's so heavy on not only Shindo, but also with like, you know, when he meets Makino, who's also from the same like town as he is. Um, and his saying is like, you know, the future is really relied on you. So, you know, do the right thing and kind of like see things yeah. aside from like, you know, like the popular view, like just see like, uh, see things more objectively. And like, it really like, you know, he kind of says, he's like, you know, we're not like in, Yamamoto says specifically that he's not like, you know, I'm old and we're not like in war ourselves. 
it's that we're like you know where these admirals and generals kind of like leading the pact for these people but it's really to the younger people that we have to like save and that they kind of have to like really forge a future for themselves as well yeah unfortunately all the young people are dead yeah (laughs) unfortunately yeah and that's why like he is also you know going against uh, going against with america because he he is trying to avoid as much bloodshed as possible in his agenda and he kind of understands um the toll that it takes for it he's like again like well you know us older guys aren't going to go to battle you know like as sort of our lives personally aren't going to be lost and he kind of brings up um in that same like in the first scene with the interview and he's like or maybe it was the second one when he was kind of questioning it's like going to war with america and he's like you think we can really take them on when they have like you know they can make battleships twice as fast as us like we can do we can do all like they have basically upper hand and infrastructure and battalion wise and, and he's like oh but you know when we were fighting against the russians that was an army that was 10 times our size that we were able to beat you know and it's like but is it like really smart to do that <laughs> um yeah I, I really like that the views and uh perspectives in the movie were strong and like very easy to understand and sort of like unwavering in that fact so it was really like like it adds to sort of like the honesty in the movie with japan especially picking a leader that is very against the culture like when i think for me this movie is like yamoto coming into her and be like so unpopular opinion guys you know and really kind of preaching that but then having to be unfortunately like swept away with just the masses and like being forced to kind of do something that is against his own personal agenda as we see so um yeah i think i think one of my things i i really liked the movie was the different perspectives of like war that we see it's like i mean with the past movies right it's more of like war specifically we could like see the boots on the ground kind of stories and then this one is a more over perspective of the politics of war basically but even in this war we kind of see not only like from the Adam's point of view and like the more politicians and the leaders, but also with like, again, like the civilian lifestyle and like the media, but also they have those scenes like that take place in the bar when you kind of see the actual civilians and like the common people working. And like those scenes are just about like what they're thinking about the war and kind of like what their view is. And they're like, Oh, it's like, it's great. Like they're like, I can't wait to go to war. So this economy can like (laughs) get better again, you know? And so it's interesting to see like, this like the cake has many layers yeah to it, you know but i i do feel like that kind of was an oversimplification of kind of yeah 100 uh, yeah, of, yeah. <laughs> but i mean i know why they i understand why they put it in there yeah, yeah but it just kind of felt like an oversimplification of you know the sentiment of the people right right of the japanese people because it, it's so like one dimensional. You know what I mean, it's like this one dude. He's like, oh yeah, finally my factory can. Yeah, you know, get yeah, back it's to work yeah. and like it's just so yeah. like. But one yeah. super right wing guy. Right, he's right. like, but, yeah. But, um, yeah, but I, I guess it really like the point of it is kind of showing like how much like it is like a result of the media, right? Like yeah. he is like repreaching what right. what like he's exactly. being fed. You know what I mean? So it's kind of like oh evidence of like what's happening, mm. and then. But then, you know, she knows in all those scenes, so it's kind of like him witnessing, like, Seeing, oh, yeah, this yeah. is us. What the people yeah, exactly. talk about. I think I I did like the kind of uh, the back and forth between the bar owner mm. and, and kind of the, 
patrons there. Right. Because right. she's kind of like anti-war. Yeah. Like subtle. Like yeah. Subtly, yeah. you know. Yeah. yeah she can't yeah. like obviously. Very like, like again over simplistic, but like yeah. But, yeah. but she's she like, does we kind have of, to go yeah. to war. Like people die. Right. She's yeah. kind of the one who's kind of like the little conscious. Yeah. <laughs> in the back of all these people. <laughs> right. Right. But it's like yay! I can finally get like gifts Paid. from people yeah. who like <laughs> you know that girl who comes. <laughs> <in>. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oof. Yeah. But uh. Yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I think I like the other scenes better with um I actually really enjoyed like Yamato going home mm. and kind of like the fam- his like his own family dynamic yeah. which is interesting not that I don't think it necessarily added anything to it. I think it was meant to kind of humanize him more yeah. and kind of make you kind of sympathetic to him. More. Right, right. Which I feel like even without it though I would have gotten that point just cuz against he's so against the grain and um you really see kind of like the toll on you know, him having to work for, you know, an an organization that is against him, essentially. I think even without the family, I would have gotten that. But it's a biopic, so, like, obviously you're going to include some. You know, know, the thing about war movies, like, even the ones that we watched before, like the Korean ones, too, it's always, you always have to kind of be wary Mm. of it because there's a tendency for films also to be a certain kind of, maybe not propaganda per se, but, but, um, it kind of puts it in this nice like bow and tie, <laughs> right. you know. You know yeah, what I mean, yeah. like, and like, it's it's definitely from a perspective of a of a person, the director or whoever was making it, right? Sure. So like, you never know really what that person was like, but right. you know, it's it's kind of an interpretation of what we have, mm. and so I think it's very interesting to see that kind of being played. Right. But I think it's also important to make sure that you're not so like. Oh, so this was him. It, this was how he was, right, like hundred percent. Right. I mean, there, there's obviously, <laughs> yeah, obviously, yeah, yeah. but like, I think that's something that's also very important. And I think this movie also kind of um, touches upon that in a certain sense because it's mm. like, even the media thing, like, don't just believe a hundred percent of what it is, right? Right, right. And that I think is kind of relevant in in all war movies. I think because yeah. there's a, it's so war movies are inherently political. And so there's a, a way of interpreting it that can mm. be kind of like, you know, one-sided sometimes. But right. I think this film in general, I don't, I think it did a really good job of trying to stay that balance. Mm. So I think in that sense, it's very commendable. But I think it's in, it's important to kind of um, keep that in mind. Yeah. Yeah. I think sort of like the, like, sort of like the mission statement for this movie was to portray um like a portray J- japan and like a japanese militant leader as like what a leader should be mm. um and i think they did a good job with that and again like you know not being biased or sort of one-sided but kind of playing it to sort of a more balanced and equal way right. and i think like this story in particular was definitely a good touchstone to do that mm. especially with you know like everything that happens with japan and like that sort of the stigma that comes with it as well right especially yeah. because in japan I, I feel like it would have been a very hard film to kind of right, right. swallow in yeah, a certain yeah. sense you know and then you know even outside of you know like well i'm not native you know i'm not from japan so i don't i can't speak to that but even outside of like how japanese might feel themselves about their own history but even what like as americans or like the rest of the world would have seen japan in those war times like i don't see it as like you know, I'm not watching it as like, oh, they're kind of like 
uh, boasting about like what they did. Or on the flip side, I'm not seeing it them as like playing the victim card to yeah. that movie either. It's just seeing it as like history played out and like more of like affirming like, oh, this is sort of like a more respect of like maybe how it really should have been or a perspective that we should probably better have seen yeah. rather than like seeing Japan as like this one side evil superpower. You know what mm. I mean? So I think it did a good job of kind of like doing Keeping it yeah and doing it justice in that sense as well yeah um but yeah i think even to like war movies in general especially if you're gonna do like a biopic or something based off real life factual there's a, a big line of like how you're gonna make that movie of you know again like it's directed by a director and the director has sort of like their taste and influence his, in it his, yeah own ideas of yeah. What it is. yeah and it's like when you kind of make a movie about war anything in real life it's like how much of yourself and like artistry per se you want to put into it versus like how much of it do you just want to be like factual factual exactly that's what i'm saying like that media thing right where it's like sometimes you portray it as this is the fact when it's actually opinion right it's when it's actually kind of my take on it or what i believe or how i interpret the things that i see or understand right right and sort of like you know to what degree you know you want to portray that tone you know I mean, you could have, because, like, anybody else could have portrayed as Yamato as a evil, like, you know, tyrant or, you know, mm-hmm. whatever, rather than how yeah. it was done here. So, yeah, I or think... Or just, like, a complete failure of a... Right, of or... an admiral. Exactly. Who, you know, was not able to... Accomplish, you know, accomplish Yeah, or allow Japan to be victorious in the war or whatever. Right, right. Yeah, so that's why I really enjoy just... It's really a movie of just kind of this guy who's who just has a different take on you know this huge thing that's going on in this country you know he's just he's fighting against his own wave kind of thing you know he's going against the grain of it i also thought that um that little um scene when uh yamoto is talking with the other uh, admirals Mm. who are advocates of um the tripartite pact right and they come in and they're like oh like germany we have to side with germany like you know, Hitler is going to be a superpower, and if they, you know, take out um, Russia, yeah, yeah. then we'll, we'll be we'll the be superpower in Asia. And like, you know, what's not to like about that? And yeah. then, and then he's like, "Did you read Mein Kampf?" <laughs> <It's> a, <laughs> like every page. Yeah, and then he's like, "Yeah, I read it." And then yeah. he's like, "And then did you actually read the source material? Like, not right. just the edited version of it?" And then he's, he like he, quotes he like quotes the like the German thing yeah. about like you know. You know, Japan is just, you know, useful, but, like, right. they're inferior they're, to us right. and stuff like that. And I think that's also very telling or kind of um, right. an, a very it's a interesting very educating. moment yeah. in showing kind of uh, the truth underneath it all, kind mm-hmm. of, you know, like, right. to showing. And, and it's funny because they still kind of don't care about that <laughs> and they just yeah, want yeah. to go through and and push on with their own agenda regardless of what the truth actually might be right and i think that's also a very um poignant fact Mm -hmm. about people and how once they're so like convicted with their own idea of what it is right even if you show them like what the truth really actually might be yeah they're reluctant to you know yeah yeah. keep put that in into themselves and like accept it Mm. And, like, they, you know, want to move on with their own ideas regardless of the fact. Yeah. It's very, like, the movie is, like, truth is irrelevant and it's 
it's a very like minority versus majority mm. kind of um take right and so like you know that and it was like really prominent in the scene when he when he comes back after like being the fleet commander on the like the nagano and um he's like sitting with the cabinet in the ministry of navy and um the guy who like takes he like he like takes the seat for somebody else as like the chairman or something and he's like that's when they decide to join with the tripart pact uh with germany and go to war with america and he's like any objections and then yamoto stands up he's like yeah and you know he's listening like do you really think that we can take on america and he's like you know that you know he's like you know that we rely on their steel and oil as like our biggest imports so he, for our he own asked navy. them like how are you going to procure these uh, exactly. resources and he has no answer to yeah it. and he's like he literally just gets shot down and like has no answer and his like final answer is like you have your own opinions but the people think this that it is right so we have to go with it and it's like you literally just submitted to being so, wrong exactly. <laughs> like, like it's you're not you know taking the fact as fact yeah you're just putting your own ideals or like your own desires right. And trying to force that upon the world when the reality is clearly different from the way that exactly, yeah. your ideals or desires want you to want it to be. Right, right. And that's, yeah. Yeah. It's sad. It's like, sad and it, it's, it's like stupid and it's also yeah. like kind of a reality even now in this world. Right, right. I think that's very, in, um, yeah. Yeah. An interesting point that this <laughs> movie does make. Yeah. It is just a sad reality. Yeah. And it's, yeah. And, like, the whole movie is that it's, I mean, Yamamoto is a very, you know, educated man. And he's, he is, uh, he has a strong belief um, with it. But he does, like, he, he sees, like, these five steps ahead every time of, like, the direction of the war. He's like, you know, we definitely shouldn't go to war with Americas because once we piss them off, like, there's no going back. And, like, we're just not capable in taking them on point blank, period. Um, and then, you know, once we do, it's like we can't get out of it you know the you know he's also repeating like once we go to war now these days it's like you're in it till it's completely done like one side is obliterated yeah and so his stance is like he is very like he is very with the will of japan and he's you know within his culture and he's within like hey you know i don't want to get run over or you know do like their bidding like i said he doesn't want to be inferior to the u.s um, or to any other superpower, but he's rather be assertive but diplomatic rather than being like aggression first hand, you know. Um, and so that's why he constantly sues for peace. And even when he's backed into corners, that he's forced to like you know take orders um, with you know even Pearl Harbor. He's like, well, we'll do the attack, but I want to do it within the mindset of suing for peace um, and without like you know in specifically for war. Um, and so he just kind of like follows his constant agenda with that. But then it's just, again, constantly like taken over by people that are within higher powers than he is. So yeah. it's like, it's a sad truth, but hey. <laughs> and it is true today too that these things happen, you know. It's it's like, unfortunately, sometimes what's in front of you are like, what truth is irrelevant, you know. And that somebody tries to speak up, it's like, oops. <laughs> yeah, it's a scary thing when the majority yeah. is wrong. Yeah, yeah. And you're the minority who's trying to convince or trying to navigate an ocean of people <laughs> who are telling you that you're wrong right. when you're actually right. And especially with, you know, Yamoto has, 
is a huge influencer on his own. I mean, he is the commander in chief of of like this fleet and has like yeah. is one of the most respected persons in the Navy ministry. Um, and you know, and that includes the body with outside of like the cabinet, but also within each and every, you know, person or seaman or whoever is there. <clears throat> and that's constantly reminded to us. And that's like, that's really poignant with like those three pilots, like Arima Makino and the other guy who like Seta or something like that. I forgot his name. The random dude. The random dude. <laughs> who knows? Yeah. We don't care about that Too guy. Names. <laughs> yeah. Like the movie is very like japanese as well like you kind of have to understand japanese history to get like a lot of the nitbits and one thing that constantly comes up is like the boshin war yeah. um and sort of like i don't really know much about it myself but it, it's basically like the civil war that happened in japan that like overthrew or like rose within the meiji period um and it was like the end of the shogun i think shogun era um so basically like there is uh Yama, yamoto is from Nagano, which was part of the shogun so he fought against the other two territories who were basically um who were trying to do the coup d'etat which was like choshu and the other place i forgot and so like the pilots so one of the pilots that he you know makino yeah makino is from Nagano as well so like you can kind of see that he kind of keeps him in like a special regard and it brings him like those sweets from like his hometown and kind of yeah. thing and then he kind of sp- speaks about like you know like the samurai from Nagano and like their kind of like three principles and et cetera et cetera. Um, but then like the other two pilots are from Choshu and the other place, so it's like, you know, within this period in like the eighteen hundreds, they're enemies, but in this period of time, they're allies to save Japan. Yeah. That's why they kind of like have that crack of laugh when they're like on top of the starboard and they're flying out. Yeah. But yeah, it's just like putting things aside and kind of like allying together and like. Um, he has this influence to, you know, have in favor even within like the naval fleet itself that there is like conflict going on. He kind of has the power to kind of like unite it, but yeah. even he himself is like trying to fight other bigger powers as well. Um, but yeah, anything else to add? Um, I guess what did you think of this sort of in the context of the series itself, sort of like in war and how this movie kind of differs or? Uh, I like it. I like the fact that it's more of a, not just um, directly about the ongoings of things happening in the war, like sure, like battles, like right, right, in the battle, in the midst of the battle per se, but it's uh, a little bit more about the headspace of this mm. admiral who is trying to make um, amends with the tensions of the Japanese imperial, you know, right. <laughs> desires and, and his own convictions. Yeah. And trying to kind of meld those together. <laughs> and when it doesn't work out, you know, how he tries to, tries to reconcile it. Yeah, yeah. Again and again, every time, you know, things happen. Yeah. I really like when he's, he's like, uh, he questions like Shindo in that scene when the editor, that's when like, they i think they go again germany just invades russia yeah and then like the chief editor is like busy like doing that and then he kind of like questions shindo and he's like saying you know questioning like okay what is like the will of japan like what do you think what is it that the people want yeah and he's like what is like specifically for the perspective of this war 
And he's like, uh, like the co prosperity sphere. And he's like, oh, oh yeah, yeah, the East Coast prosperity sphere. He's like, what a joke. <laughs> he, like, well, he's like, I'd love to visit there. One <laughs> I'd day. love to visit there one day. It'd <laughs> be great to see. Like, yeah. I love like the reality headspace that he kind of like keeps mm. and sees. You know, yeah. Alan, Wade, he, he he is a very constantly like a, a reality check kind of person. Mm. Um, but yeah, I, in relation to the series, I do like. Again, like it is different, like it is focuses more on the war of politics, yeah, specifically with just uh, one character. But again, like I do kind of like the layers that it also brings into that, where it's so like the politics of it and the influence that the politics has on the media and the civilian lifestyle itself, yeah, and with even within like you know the high ranking officials, but also the uh, lower ranking uh, average men as well, yeah. One thing about this movie, it's interesting because I always like to think about the what ifs sure. of things. And like, I always wonder, like, what if Japan had won and was like Pearl Harbor was actually successful? Right. Like Midway went, you know, the completely other <laughs> the other way. And, you know, Japan was successful in that regard. Like, what kind of movie would they make about sure. Yamamoto instead, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I think I think that's something kind uh-huh. of interesting to think about because mm. in this movie, you kind of... it's He's kind of portrayed as this um, admiral who had the right mind and had, sure. the right, had the right heart, but was ultimately a failure. Right. But, um, you know, if he had, you know... If, if Pearl Harbor went the way that he wanted and all the carriers were actually there instead of out in sea... Yeah. And, like, they were actually able to, you know, complete that, um, you know, how things would have changed and sure. how, you know, the perspective of um, the Japanese people would mm. have changed. Because yeah, that would have changed the whole, you know, tide of war on yeah, yeah. the Pacific front. So, right. you know, how that would have changed maybe even um, Yamamoto's mind, how it, it could have maybe changed the way that he you know, yeah. perceives the war itself or or how he could use that as a way to go forward with the way that he wanted to, mm. you know, sue for peace right, right. or something like that and maybe, you know, garner a better position for Japan or something like that, yeah. right? I was saying, like, because even he is kind of like a failure to himself in a way of, like, either way he doesn't really hold up his own agendas right. outside of his also failing as like a commanding like yeah. he fails in his tasks as a commanding officer um and in the war but it's like even if he kind of even if he did win and he his uh launch proper was uh successful um and like you know the impression on japan was an actual superpower and like you know the, just the ties of war changes like, i feel like it still would have been unchanged against his agendas though, right because uh, it, it, yeah but like in the greater scheme of things i'm right. thinking like how would the movie change you know right, like sure. like the what would the message of the movie be? you know like <laughs> yeah, yeah. that would be an interesting to thing to think about you know be like because yeah. <laughs> this is the result of this movie is because Japan lost, right, right. <laughs> you know, in a certain sense, if you think about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that that's a very interesting thing to think about. Like, what you, if they won, and then they you know, if, you wanted the, if you wanted the facts, you would have to like wiki him for real. <laughs> I just think <laughs> that would be that's books. just an interesting thought to have. Like, right, if they were the winners of the war, like how would they make the movie? You mm-hmm. know, that would be an interesting thing to think about because right. this is the aftermath of losing the war, mm-hmm. and so. They were proven wrong about, yeah. you know, their own mindset. 
But what if they were proven right about their mindset? That's a scary thing to think about. But yeah. I think it's an interesting thing to think about too. Yeah. You know, media man. <laughs> yeah. I think there was um there's a, another movie similar to this off uh, Yamamoto. Oh yeah. But it is a more propaganda movie. Oh really? Yeah, I think so actually. Mm. So I'm wondering like, in what way? I mean, like, that obviously portraying is like this sort of like great hero Warrior, or whatever. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but I mean, I mean, even I think this film does a good job of like, like we said, like having that balance. Yeah. yeah, because I do think that, you know, his general convictions about, you know, what mm. he wanted for Japan. Right. was not a bad thing. You right. Know? Exactly. It's just the flow of everything yeah. <laughs> was going the other way. Yeah. And it's kind of hard for one man to just, you know, completely topple that over. Right, right. And yeah, I mean, he just does get, you know, swept on the rug in a lot of sense, you yeah. know, it's like, you know, in history itself, it's like, how many people do you know that kind of knows this part of Yamamoto mm. or, or this part of like Japan's history as well, right. rather than like the overcast of like Japan, which is evil. <laughs> and and, and that, you know? that in itself is also propaganda too, right? Right. Like, like Japan's just evil. That's, yeah. that's propaganda too. It's propaganda from America. It's propaganda from, so like it's, in, it's. It's important to have this even-keeled understanding of, mm. like, not just like, oh, America, like, it's only Japan that propagandizes these things, or like, it's only Germany that right, you know right. has these propagandas. But all, America also produced propaganda yeah, during yeah, that I, time right, to right. you know bolster the morale of the people and and to mm-hmm. you know make them feel like this war was justified. And it, it, of course, in a certain sense, obviously it was justified, but but like. You really have to make sure that you're not just like super biased, right? Right, just like completely feeding into one one you know mental idea. Yeah, and and that's the important thing I think that you know you have to keep in mind when you you yeah when any media you consume, right? Mm. Yeah, take Yamamoto's advice and look for the roots of like what exactly, and I think that's a very you know good message that this is actually kind of right right telling people where it's like don't just you know listen and consume these things that people are telling you but maybe you know use your eyes and use your ears and your heart to <laughs> <kind> of, <laughs> it's like know. have an objective point yeah. of view on the world yeah so yeah i mean overall really entertaining movie yeah um and eye-opening and educating too as well yeah. i think if you don't know a lot about the subject it does a good job as well there's actually one thing though that if i were to criticize is like there's a moment in the film where um yamoto talks about the people mm. you know they they yamoto has been through like war after war after war like yeah. his whole life right <laughs> and so he's talking about how you know maybe it's a good thing that the people you know who suffered all the all the wars and stuff sure like they tend to forget things quickly and oh, yeah, he, yeah, he, yeah. he talks about that and he says oh maybe that's like a a blessing right a mm. blessing in disguise because they're able to kind of you know forget these things and kind of move on right sure and 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 i think that is you know that does make sense but i think also what's important is to remember these things that yeah. happened right and these atrocities or these hardships that happened, and to keep that in mind so that you don't repeat those things again. Right. It's important to remember like the things, the yeah. bad things that happened in the past, so that you know you can move forward 
but in a better direction, you know, right, and not repeat the same mistakes again. And I think um, Japan is one of the countries that doesn't really teach like really a lot about like the past history of certain things. Sure. Whereas like Germany tends to like really like reinforce the fact of like this is what happened in the World War, right, right. World War Two, and like the Holocaust and all these things. They they really drill it into like people. Yeah. And to make sure that like this is what happened. This is what you know what this this country did and like you know it's it's important to not do that again <laughs> right and i think that is kind of i think one criticism that i would maybe have right, of right. like you know it's not just forgetting it and you know oh it was something that happened in the past but right, right. it's something that could happen later on too mm. whether it's japan or you know korea or america or germany or like england it doesn't matter where and what but it's important to know and to you know keep that in mind this is history and that that happened yeah yeah and so that we can prevent that from happening or like at least know the steps Mm. of you know avoiding that i'd have to rewatch the scene but i don't know if like it was like he was kind of like in favor of that no no he's not he's not in favor i'm not saying that he was just like oh just forget about it yeah. But like even even at the end when Shindo is like looking over yeah. the uh right, right. the um the devastation, he's kind of like, Oh, like, you know, there you know, hopefully there will come a day when, you know, this will right, all right, right. become better and like kinda mm. move on from this. And and like obviously moving on is a good thing. I'm not <laughs> saying like I'm it's never good to dwell in the right, past right. and just like like rot in 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 dwelling in the past. Mm. But I also think it's important to like keep in mind the things that yeah, happened yeah. in the past. Yeah. Right. Well, I said, well, that I mean, that fact too is important. I mean, you know, Shindo is kind of like that reality, and mm. he keeps like I'm guessing it's like his own personal journal of like the wars that happened in Japan. Yeah. And he's, you know, with his narration and his point of view, it's like he's adding and writing to it like the, what's his current events with World War Two. Yeah. And. You know, he's adding to that with young, and he actually like, like is part of the war right. near the end. Right? Yeah, yeah, he, gets he, drafted, he gets drafted, and, yeah. Um, and so that happens, but yeah, I th- I think too that you know he does that, and he's kind of keeping that reality of like this is what happens, and uh, he's you know hoping like, like optimistically like things happen in the future, yeah. Too, but I'd agree that you know it is, you know, it, it, the point is not to move on and look past it, even you even though the point is made that that has happened mm. in the past, it's like, oh yeah, all these great wars and all these people that have died and all these dramatic points in history, but then it just kind of gets overlooked and then on to the next thing. Yeah. But it's rather like, you know, that happens, but we can't continue keeping that mindset, right. you know, and having to... But it, it's also, Japan has a culture of like shame culture, right? right like right. where it's like, if you do something shameful, you yeah, know, it's yeah. like a dishonor to the family and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. And so I think in that sense, like, forgetting it as quickly as possible. Yeah, it's shameful. <laughs> well, well, I, well uh, yeah. no, no. It's more like forgetting it as quickly as possible is a way of, like, you know, getting past that shame. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that's something that, you know, maybe has an influence in, right. in kind of that idea. Yeah, and it, I think it is a bit true now, too. I'm interested to see kind of, like, you know, modern day and seeing, like, how much does sort of the younger generation kind of understand about that of what World War II was and kind of like their Japan's role in it and sort of like that and 
you know how they opinionize it and like you know what is their what is their point of view on like what their own culture has done in the past mm. and like you know it's like was it you know right or wrong or like you know even today like the effects that has now is it is it okay for people to you know have a, a stronger conviction about it and to like learn about it or you know is it better to just be like okay that happened but now we're in today rather than like whatever in the past you yeah. know what i mean so i mean that's a pretty interesting uh would be a pretty interesting investigation to see so i think i mean i think this movie itself though is a way of like showing it talking about that you know like saying objectively like well this is what happened you know what i mean yeah um and it's you know it's not it's not taking sort of any sides either and like we said it kind of keeps that good balance yeah you know especially coming from japan itself so yeah it's, it's a good it's a good movie and a, a good lesson overall yeah um i think it's the most kind of like i don't know commentative or like gritty that we'll have in a series <laughs> what do you mean? and in that sense like less fictionalized you know mm. what i mean like less dramatic less dramatic dramatic in that sense well i mean like what was the first what was the first movie called that we watched no battle roar for victory roar for victory like that was very fictionalized yeah like for saying yeah. like within the backdrop of like it's, it's, history, it's, but it's yeah it's all very um loosely based loosely based. <laughs> very loosely based <laughs> very entertaining yeah to me. And so it, it's more entertainment purposes yeah, yeah. yeah and same thing a little bit with teguki as mm. well yeah i mean that's and, a fictional story yeah it's fiction, not like, yeah yeah um but i think that one sticks a little closer to the ball within mm. like the korean war and like really walking you through like the korean war mm. without it being like the korean war guys right. you know what i mean um and then this one's just like straight up like this is more bio biographical yeah this is this is That's a straight saying, up biopic yeah. for sure whereas the other two were more like fictional kind right, of, right kind of in this <laughs> general setting right right they're in their own bubble yeah kind of thing um but yeah it's a good one it's really entertaining it's a, it's not like a like a boring movie in mm. that sense either um but yeah i mean i like the actor i've seen him great cast actually a lot yeah and like i always see the um the editor guy as the evil editor dude yeah he's, so like, a, he's evil, always like, like a schemey like yeah something. like this yeah i always <laughs> see him in that role and it's just kind of it kind of gets like tired <laughs> seeing him in that role every he time. just has that look he's he like, just has that face yeah yeah i'm a bad guy through and through yeah like why does he always have to like just be typecast like that. it's so like sad because uh, i want to see him in something else a little more seeing like as different. a superhero we're just like you know as a normal human being not so <laughs> evil all the time teruyuki or tagawa teruyuki yeah i watched this movie with him called creepy have you heard of creepy no it's like i watched it when it was like popular at the time i think like it was this horror movie yeah. and it was just so dumb <laughs> he wasn't was uh kenshin the one we watched right really yeah, oh he, yeah, he was yeah, yeah! He was like the. <laughs> he was, I just had he that was like him. the modern guy. Yeah, yeah I just right. had that like picture. He just oh moved on yeah. from there to <laughs> here. <laughs> Pretty much. That's what I had in my mind. I was like, okay. Yeah, but he he does have um he does have the same like typecast, right? His typecast and like aneurysms with his characters and like like in mannerisms. Yeah, 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 yeah. like. I don't like. I guess creepy, but not. I don't think creepy is the right word. But just like, I don't know. Like sleazy, sleazy. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. dirty, kind of yeah, like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like he does is kind of. <laughs> and it is not trying to be like 
on the down low with it. Like, <laughs> you yeah. know, like you always He's an know. asshole. <laughs> yeah. There's one moment in the in this film that I actually kind of liked about this character was mm. when um Shindo comes um he tells him he's drafted. Yeah, yeah. That moment I liked about I liked because it actually gave him a little more than just like I'm the sleazeball asshole. Right, right. He's like, Where that oh, moment was kind of like, yeah. oh, like I, yeah. this guy that was working for me and I actually kind of yeah. have rapport with. And this movie does a good job of doing that element of like having everybody face their own like wrongs kind of way. Like it like a slap in the face. Mm. But like they're preaching on one thing and like they have their strong information on this subject about the war. Yeah. And then like, th- you know, and then like them being wrong is like in their face about it. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like what was that scene that was it? after Pearl Harbor or after Midway and it, they were like oh it was um after Midway I think it was after Midway and then they're um, like retreating well it, it took place like back in like the hometown and like civilian lifestyle like, oh. and I think it was like Matsusama and some other guy and he was saying like oh yeah this is the way that the war is going is exactly like how Yamamoto like stated it like it would be oh, how it would go yeah how it exactly would go um thought it was very neat that it's like poof like mm. yeah that guy was right <laughs> like darn um so Kakao was oh yeah he was in um the other movie that we saw too um Tokyo Story he was the oh, dad oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah he was the dad he was the dad he was the dad <laughs> he was sleazy there too he was, <laughs> <laughs> it was never not sleazy never not sleazy he's like really popular too yeah. The, oh, you know what? I was looking for like this drama that I was trying to watch. Oh, Tokyo Sonata. That's what it's called. Tokyo Sonata, no. Tokyo Sonata. Yeah. Um, I was trying to find this drama that I watched like a while ago. Mm-hmm. Um, it's called Crazy for Me. And I sworn that he was in it. Like, Is he? Or, no, but there's a guy that looks exactly. <laughs> I swear. Maybe he was like, oh, this guy's too expensive. Let's get the... Probably. <laughs> the replacement. Like, I was so sure that it was him that I was like, I think IMBD is wrong or something. Oh. Like, they look, they look that alike in some pictures. Wow. I gotta show you this. Is... But yeah, the, the uh, actor who plays Admiral Yamamoto. Mm, he's popular. He's, yeah, he's, he's very popular. He's famous, right? Very famous. Yeah, yeah. yeah. A lot of, I mean, this he's is like an A list yeah. cast for sure. Um, we'll see uh, Abe Hiroshi again. He's in the next movie. What's his name? Uh, Abe Hiroshi. That's Yamamoto? No, Yamaguchi, who plays oh, Yamaguchi. the guy who went down with the ship. Okay, okay. Yeah, he'll be in the next one as okay. well. Look at this. Look at this. So that's him. That's Kagawa, right? And this is the other actor. Wow, pretty similar. Yeah, shocking. Pretty similar. I was like, they both have the sleazy look. I don't, I don't understand. Um, yeah, I like uh, Abe Hiroshi, actually. But he does, like, a lot of TV movies, I find, mm. which is exactly what we'll be saying for the next one. Um, speaking of the next one, segue. So the next one is called Ichiban Denshaga Hashita, a TV movie from 2015. And so this one's about, so this one's also World War II. Um, but focuses on the civilian lives. So it's uh, kind of like a backdrop of war and not sort of like on-the-nose war like we talked about. Um, it's about a girl who drives a streetcar um, in Hiroshima. Um, yeah, she's like a teenager, like 16-year-old streetcar driver. 
Um, and then there's an older guy, Matsuda, 44 years. Uh, he is stuck between his superiors and subordinates. I think this play takes place, it says, after the atomic bomb. So Toyoko and uh, Akitaka survive, but their streetcars are nearly annihilated. Oof. <laughs> this might get dark really fast. Sounds. It's right within our alley. Sounds like a tough time. Gut wrench. Surprisingly, uh, well, I guess I guess Teguki was a little depresso, but it was yeah. kind of older, so it didn't really have like the impact of like depresso, you know. But it was like trying to add you like oof when the fiance dies. Yeah. It's like my heart. <laughs> And then he's like, I have to find my brother. He's a North Korean now. (laughs) (laughs) Such a wild plot line. Such a wild plot line. They really went hard on that. They really went hard on the, (laughs) I gotta sell you the the tears. I gotta sell you the tears. You know, it'd be great if we made the brother a North Korean leader. You're like, okay, (laughs) let's go with it. Uh, Yeah, so that movie will be next. Looking forward to it. See you next week.